Oh wait, no longer greatness has arrived. Welcome to the Trophy Room, a PlayStation podcast made by the players for the players. I'm your host, Joseph, a.k.a. Mr. Badbit, and it is here where me and my best friend Kyle talk about the latest and greatest in all things PlayStation. Of course, you can listen to this show wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube at The Trophy Room Show. And if you like what you hear, please consider dropping us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And if you really, really like us, you can toss us a buck our way over at patreon.com slash Room. So with all that said, and with all that out of the way, the greatest co-host, whoever is, whoever will be, Mr. Kyle Stevenson, how are you, sir? Happy to report that today is a good day. Is it a good day? Today is a good day. I, I woke up and... Uh, Decided to not beat myself up and to not really go. think of the, you know, the things that are getting me down. So let's keep this train rolling. Happy to be here. Happy to talk PlayStation. We're both looking extra spiffy with the, some new equipment right, stuff. So, right, like, right. I got new lights up there with the trophy room colors. Like, look hell yeah, look at me. Look hey, at me. You know what? I'm immediately going to beat you down. You know what we forgot? <laughs> what did we forget? Do you know what we forgot, Kyle? It's It's been three years since we've been doing the show. No, it hasn't. Yep. Officially? Since January 10th. It's been almost a month and you forgot our anniversary on our Valentine's Day episode. Con. Here, here's some water. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not prepared. <laughs> exactly. I know. When I thought about it, I was like, oh my God, we keep, first off, we're really bad at anniversaries because I keep, I forget like the first like video I've ever done. Like I've kept it. But, like, I don't know what day that is. I yeah. don't know the real real start date of this show. Like, it's just things have happened, and we just yeah. keep constantly growing. And that's always really cool. It's like, speaking of constantly growth. To, to me, I, I feel like our anniversary is the first time I came on, yeah. which was before PSX, and that was in December. And then you asked me to November. be the per- mm-hmm. Was it, like, November. a week or two before PSX? Yeah, I think it was, like, three weeks before. Oh, okay. You were getting psyched for it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. You were just a wee little tot. You didn't have wee a wee little anyway. tot. No. Yeah. <laughs> and now look at us, Kyle. We're a hey, PlayStation podcast made by the players for the players, and it's official. We set goals and we break them almost instantly. <laughs> did we hit a thousand followers on Twitter? Yes. How did we celebrate? By adding a new goal to get Shuhei Yoshida to follow the show on Twitter in less than 30 minutes, <laughs> even with some spelling typos. Uh, Shuha Yoshida follows the show. So pretty Hell much yes. we're as official as official gets. We're just one Jim Ryan, one Herman Hulse follow away from the PlayStation Exodia. You know? Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, Corey. I, I feel like Corey and Neil also have to be part of that. Man, I, so I feel like Corey and Neil are much easier gets than Herman Hulse. Because when I look at That's Herman's true. Twitter bio, mm-hmm. he's only following 200 like plus people. Mm. And like he posts like every other day. Like He doesn't really That's like fair. Twitter. That's fair. So I feel like if if we get Herman, that's a golden goose, baby. Like, that's true. That's, we've really now, made it if we get, we're on Herman's radar. Yeah. Shu, if you're listening, which you are because you follow us now. What's up? Uh, we love you. Thank you so much for the support. Uh, we love what you do. In our eyes, you are PlayStation, and uh, we're honored. So thank you very much. Yeah, absolutely blown away. I was like, I was very giddy. When it happened, absolutely nuts. Mm-hmm. Shuei Yoshida follows us. What a man. What a gentleman. What a scholar. And with that, Kyle, listen, we got some news to report on, some breaking stuff. 
Like, we got the casting for Ellie for The Last of Us HBO show. We're going to be talking about E3 2021 versus the Summer's Game Fest. We're going to be talking about a possibility of a sequel to, and Chu, if you're listening, please make this happen, Bloodborne 2. But before we get into all of that, before we even get to more Bethesda news, oh yeah, there's still more. Kyle. It's usually what you've been playing. And since it's really light, let's put this in the beginning of the show. Sure. What have you been playing, Kyle? This little game behind me right now, which you can see because of the new webcam that I got. Uh, I've been playing Control. I platinum it again on PS5. Yeah. Um, it. I, I've beaten the foundation story-wise, the first DLC. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm halfway through AWE. Nice. Um, Control is fucking special excuse <laughs> yeah. my french everybody it is Please, this I, could be shoes first episode we really gotta sorry shoe on the craziness yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I, i'm sorry uh man this game was special to me back in 2019 when we first played it and i first played it yeah. having to wait that much time before i played the dlc and to die back into this world like this oldest house is one of the best settings for a game. Yep. The hiss are terrifying, and mm-hmm. uh, the architecture, the world, everything about it is frightening and creepy, and that's what I love about it. I, I, yeah. I love Jesse's whole journey throughout with uh, the reason why she is going to this oldest house and, and what pulled her there, and I'm, not, I'm trying not to spoil it and everything. Foundation yeah. is more of the same almost. It's not my favorite thing. Okay. Like it, it, I was the, gonna say, how is the DLC? Because like the again, 2019's original game, even with like the bugs and the frame rate drops and everything, that's your game of the year 2019. Hell yeah, it is. So how does this DLC live up to that? DLC's, I mean, it's stellar. Um, yeah. The the only reason why like the foundation isn't I'm not singing its praises a whole lot is because it is a little bit more of the same, except we're not in the house. We're 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 basically like underneath it. Okay. Um, and You're the oldest this, basement. <laughs> yes, uh, the, the it's beautiful. It's mm-hmm. a lot of it is taking place in the um, altered plane or the astral plane, right. which isn't my favorite thing from the base game. If I'm totally mm-hmm. honest, um, the en- new enemies are cool. The last boss fight is, boss fight is really cool. Uh, there's just there's just something missing now when we're okay. talking about AWE, Joe. Ooh. Whoa! This is what I want from Control of the Future. Is I want I want to go deep into the world of these these objects, these objects of power, these ultra yeah. world events. I want to explore those further, and like it's in the trailer. You see the man's face in the trailer, but this has to do with <laughs> Alan Wake. And yeah. I, I I never played the full game completely. I played like halfway through it, and um, man, it's awesome. Like even yeah. as not a a, a a huge fan of of the character Alan Wake, seeing mm-hmm. him in this is incredible. Um, it, it's one of the best DLCs I think by yeah. far. Yeah, I love 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 it. I'm glad you're loving it. I've played a little bit more Control. It's something I'm 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 still like kind of chipping away at. Um, I dude, this might be just one of the best PlayStation Plus months. Like, if you're a member, I don't know. There's no excuse because, like, honestly, this is the only way to play Control. Like, if you Absolutely. have a really high end PC or a next gen console, like, you have to 
have to try out this game mm-hmm. because without the frame rate dips, without the weird bugginess of of it being on PS4 and PS4 Pro, this thing really truly takes advantage of the PS5 in ways that you kind of are looking for next gen to take advantage of titles. Like this does feel it almost feels like a different game because I'm not running into the chugginess. I'm able to kind yeah. of experience the the smoothness of this game. So I'm really, really enjoying my time with Control. And I've been debating, I've been debating picking up Neo 2. Because mm. Neo 1 didn't click with me. Okay. But like hearing Neo 2 is a little bit more Soulsborne-ish than, than Neo was, where it's way more masochistic. Um I'm kind of I'm kind of leaning in on and knowing that there's some folks that I could co-op with that gets me kind of excited for what Neo 2 could offer but I ran into something right as I was about to go you know what I got I I I got 50 bucks from a dear old Mima the other day. Oh, Mima. I was shoveling I was shoveling the snow I was like Mima, don't give me this money and if you're Puerto Rican and you know Puerto Rican grandmas they are very they're, they're intense, so you just you do what Mima wants, and so like Mima very graciously, I was like, okay, cool, I got this allowance. I felt like a twelve year old boy again, <laughs> and I was like, I think I'm just gonna treat myself to a Neo two. It's a hundred gigs. Oh boy, it's a hundred gig download. Yeah. Kyle, I'm running into the issue. We're yeah. not even six PlayStation, months in. Let's get. What can we put in our PS fives to make the storage bigger? Please let us know. <laughs> Even I, as a physical person, I want more space. Yeah. So when I'm putting in a disc, I don't have to play Tetris with with game files. It's I'm really like, oh, choosing please. like who your favorite son is, you know, or who your favorite kid is. It's like, yeah, geez, and they're all weighing a hundred gigs. So yeah, it's yeah. awful. Yeah, I had to spend Mima's money on Mario's <laughs> Mario's 3D <laughs> World instead. But Mima would love that. Mima would love a good Mario. So that said, let's get into squaring up the news. But before we do, here's our Patreon pitch. Gang, if something went awry in the video version, because I'm using new tech, it probably happens. But if it didn't and everything is running smoothly and according to plan, we look so much better now. Because of your generosity over at Patreon.com, we have been able to afford new lighting, new camera equipment, new software that makes me look all types of beautiful looks, makes Kyle look all types of shiny and bright. Thank you all so freaking much. This is some of the, if not the biggest upgrade I think we've done to the show so far. And when I say it's only possible because of your generosity, whether you're a past supporter, present, future, it's all because of your generosity. So thank you all so much. I got very emotional when I opened up this camera um, because we got, we were able to get a Sony A6000. And apparently very awesome streaming camera, very awesome for YouTube videos and things like this. Um, when I opened that up, I got so emotional because this is something that was always a pipe dream to me, Kyle. And it was a reality because of you guys and gals out mm-hmm. there. So thank you all so freaking much. Again, if we ever got you through a long car ride, a long day at work, whatever your situation may be, it really does mean a lot. You toss us a buck our way over at patreon.com slash PS trophy room get you some exclusive shows like the road to greatness like our future mcu show and our after show that we'll be talking about a little later so with that said 
Kyle, I'd like to thank our newest patron. Before we get into the lovely patrons, was the MCU show a thing only on the post show last week? Is that the first time they're hearing of this? Yeah, it's the first time they're hearing of this. Um, There you go. MCU show is coming to patrons. (laughs) It's going to be wild, (laughs) y'all. And with that, I'd like to thank our newest patron, Brent the Slayer Gillahan. I'd like to thank our platinum producers, uh, Todd Burwitz in Too Soon. I'd like to thank our gold members, Chaotic Monkey, Gavin Goffrey, Griffin, West, Jose Jimenez, Jedi Master Ren. Our Silver Plus members, Hide Indoors, Marcus O'Neill. Oh, it's just Ray. JB the Purple Monkey, Jadis Vaughn Metal, Tim Ulf, and Justin Rodriguez. Thank you all for making the show what it is. And again, it's thank you. Bottom of my heart. Now, it's time to get hyped. It's time... To square up the news, Kyle, take it away, sir. This take comes it away, from, take it away, take it away now. This comes from Leslie Goldberg over at Hollywood Reporter. Hollywood Reporter, this is a PlayStation show, Joe. What are we doing? I know. In the, I know. We're about to get Hollywood. Last of Us, Game of Thrones breakout, Bella Ramsey to star as Ellie. Exclusive. Bella Ramsey, perhaps best known for her breakout role as the fierce Leanna Mormont in HBO's Game of Thrones, is reuniting with the cabler to star in the last of us the company's adaptation of the hit hit video game craig mazin mazin craig mazin who created hbo's acclaimed limited series chernobyl is penning the script and executive producing with neil Druckmann, the writer and creative director of the game russian filmmaker kantamir balagov the can's darling behind 2019 drama beanpole has been tapped to direct the pilot one person not involved with the show is former True Detective star Mahershala Ali, whom geek websites on Wednesday had pegged as having an offer. Ali did circle the role, say sources, but a deal never a deal never came to fruition. Okay, so earlier today we get this inside scoop from I think it was like the called like the Nerd Umilati or whatever, yeah, like, the Loom like, Nerdati or something. Like yeah, that. something crazy that Mahershala Ali was going to be. Joel from The Last of Us. And honestly, God, pat myself on the back because Mahershala, I now understand how to pronounce his name because I like, I was very stressed out doing this show. The reason why I can't pronounce it well is because I'm thinking MH, like they're using the H twice, but it's only one H mm-hmm. in the name. That's mm-hmm. the thing that sauced me off. But that said, he's an amazing actor. Like he's from amazing. True Detective, House of Cards, Moonlight. Um, Moonlight, which my God, that movie made me cry. Like uh, the Green Book, I believe. He's a fantastic actor. And I was super in on this. But my first thought when he's there is, you know, it's the internet. Yeah. If, if we're upset about Abby's arms, this is, he's not the first, he's not the first person you think of when you think of Joel. Right. Yeah. So that being said, I want to know what your original thoughts were when Mahershala was rumored to get the role, and what are your 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 thoughts on uh, Liana Mormont <laughs> from Game of Thrones taking up the reins of Ellie? Um, I'll start with Liana because I think that's a good fit. Yeah. I, I I when she was on screen during her Game of Thrones run, every single time she was on, she commanded that screen. Yes. As a young actri- actress, uh, amongst all these older veterans, she just crushed it with every line she delivered. The the gravitas she already had on screen at such a young age is incredible. So, I'm very excited to see her as Ellie. Um, mm-hmm. But when it comes to Mahershal Ali, I would 100% take him as Joel. Like, right? it, what, I if if you're gonna complain. 
that a a black man is was pegged or was offered to play the role of a old white guy. I don't know what why you're upset. I think that's right. great. Joel yeah. is a character. He's not yeah. a real life human being. He, it's not a biopic. This is a character. This is another take on this story mm-hmm. uh, uh, from from a different perspective, or at least I think that's what they're planning from different point of view. So like. I am 100% down for Ali to play that role. Uh, now, like, he obviously is not anymore, which is sad because, God, he's so freaking amazing at what he does. And uh, mm-hmm. I think he would have killed it. Like, can you imagine him being Joel and then being Blade in a couple of years on screen? That, like, and that's the thing, on. dude. I was like, because, like, I love Mahershala's voice. <laughs> yes. Like, it's, it's got that. Like, when I was thinking, like, all right, kiddo. Like I could hear him say it, mm-hmm, and I got mm-hmm, chills. Like mm-hmm. this man is a is a one of will be going down as one of the the best actors of this decade, right? Absolutely, um, Oscar winner and everything. So he's he's a fantastic actor. I, I oh like, my god, his role like is hot mouth on on Luke in the Luke Cage show. Oh my god, you, Fan- are you kidding me? Yeah, fantastic oh. for the time he was on that show. And like with that said, like you know Troy Baker doesn't look like Joel. Sounds no. like him, yeah. right? That's that's and that's how I was just like, okay, fine. Um, you know, when it comes to Leon, uh, Leon or Bella, and he Ramsey, was Uncle Aaron in Spider Verse, like, oh my god, come on, I mean, come on, I can't. My that frame hasn't come in for your picture, by the way. Oh, okay, that's fine. I, no, I, no, it's not okay. Amazon keeps messing up these packages. <laughs> I'm about to come down there. Just wait um, till you, everyone sees it. It's dope. It's dude, it got me very emotional. Yeah. But like like Bella makes total sense. Like as Lady Mormont, she owned it. I remember in like what season I think like six when she first came on screen, like we all fell in love with this girl because it was just like, Holy crap, here's these mountain of men and this legit seven year old girl leading this town. And you're like, There's no like seven year old girl, are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. And she's a bigger badass than all those huge hulking dudes. Yep. And like seeing her at the Battle of Winterfell, like with the axes, like <laughs> doing like a blood curdling <laughs> scream. I'm like, I get why they picked her. I'm like, yeah. that she can do it. It's like, so yeah, she's relatively unknown. Um, and you know, she, this will be her biggest role yet, but like, honest goodness, no doubt there. And how she will literally grow, grow into that role of Ellie. I'm very excited to see. That said as well, Mahershala, fantastic actor. So I don't, I don't care as long as it's, it's a great actor behind that. I'm totally fine. I, I feel like we oftentimes get the Joker effect, where like we all kind of judged Heath before he entered that mm-hmm. role, and then when he's mm-hmm. in it, I mean, he redefines the role. So yeah. I never put like the cart before the horse when it comes to casting, because like what you what you said at the beginning of the show. Hollywood Reporter, we're not Hollywood. I don't know what a good acting to me is just like, man, that MCU movie was dope. (laughs) And with that, we've done a hard edit. Hello, everybody. (laughs) Welcome to the breaking news version of the Trophy Room, a PlayStation podcast. And as you are listening to this, there have been breaking news as we were recording the Patreon show of the Trophy Room. And that is that the Mandalorian's own Pedro Pascal will be headlining The Last of Us show as Joel from The Last of Us. This comes from Deadline Hollywood. Holy shit, this is fucking real. That's a bit. So I, 
I was just scrolling on Twitter because we were doing the post show celebrating that Gina Carano got fired. And and I saw Tim Geddes from Kind of Funny reply to Neil Druckmann with a what? In like all caps and exclamation point question marks. So I look at the, the main tweet and Neil tweets and there's the other half. Soak that pager aboard our show. I'm like, oh man, that's awesome. Whoa. That's incredible. (laughs) Pedro is talented as all hell. Oh my goodness. That's fantastic. So remember when we were talking about Mahershala, he's a fantastic actor. Not giving anything away from this. Awesome. Pedro as well. We're getting two Game of Thrones actors in another HBO show. Um, Yo, Pedro got his. Was he Oberyn? Oberyn, yeah, he was Oberyn. Um, The Red Viper, I believe, right? Yeah. So, or yeah. So, wow. That's so not only is he the Mandel, he's also gonna Joel. be Joel. Wow. Holy mother of God! Wow. Wow. So now again, like the circle is now complete, right? We got a a, a up and coming actress. We hope is up and coming, right? Uh, relative unknown. Now we have Pedro Pascal, the Mandel himself. HBO. My goodness. This can't be real. It's real. It is wow. confirmed. It, oh, man. I don't know what to say. Like, am I still bummed it's not Mahershala? <laughs> Absolutely I am. Because I think that would have been awesome. Oh, man. I'm getting kind but of emotional. Joel's a Hispanic Pedro's like great. me now. Yeah, like, is right? Is this what we're talking about? That's awesome. Yeah. Man. Holy shit. I'm, I'm, oh, that's what this ecstatic. feels like. <laughs> that's what I'm representation ecstatic. feels like. This is great. I love this. I, you know, I was talking to Ainsley on season gaming and I, I said, you know, I love the Mandalorian because it's for the same reasons why I loved the Master Chief growing up as a kid because all of a sudden, you know, when I was a kid, I didn't have anybody that looked like me that was a superhero. So I had to kind of like live vicariously through, but like on an extra level to like, you know, superheroes and whatnot. And for the first time, Master Chief had this helmet and I can just kind of pretend I was under that helmet. And that's the reason why I love Mando. It's because he has that helmet and I know that he is a Hispanic underneath that, that helmet. Right. And, um, you know, I know that there's a little kid out there like that I was found a Star Wars character, you know, just like uh, just like Andor um, in, in, in Rogue. So now seeing this is kind of like the extra level to me. It's like Joel is one of my favorite characters in video games. Love him. Oh, God, look at me. I'm <laughs> trying to do his voice. I'm emotional. And um, he's being played as, as a Hispanic by, by, by a Latin That's amazing. Dude. That's amazing. I'm happy for you, Joe. That's fucking cool. God, I... Oh, so that's what that feels like. <laughs> please, please somebody go uh, into Wikipedia or dictionary.com and take a clip of this Joe uh, and put it under why representation matters. Because, like, this is why this needs to be a thing. People need to be able to see themselves in these iconic roles and on the big screen and, and TV, no matter where it is. 
they need to be able to see themselves in those roles. And I am, I'm about to cry for you, Joe. Like, I'm, it's fucking awesome. It's I, incredible. Honestly, a new feeling. <laughs> I've never had this. I was like, am I getting emotional for the other topic that was on the post show and this? Probably it's a whirlwind. Yeah. So what, a, what a, uh, man, yeah. what a, a, Awesome Turn swing and balance <laughs> when it comes to one show. Like oh. I, I'm doing this, but like, yeah, you you, you got the the awesome news yep. that that Gina is gone, and then it yep. goes even higher because Pedro yep. is is Joel. Awesome. Wow! And wow. also, guys, since listen, I don't know how we're gonna segue into the show, but like this show, this week's show is really good. Yeah, and it's with fantastic. that, we're going back to the the Patreon feeds but back to your regular scheduling program Whoa. that is the trophy room <laughs> what are we seeing the show oh good question look at you best co-host ever is that next year <laughs> two years from now i'd like to say late next year because i don't think you need to like you, i think you could do the show in a covid setting <laughs> me, me with no <laughs> production knowledge whatsoever I, listen yeah. as an owner of a playstation but look at this production <laughs> behind you we got lights now <laughs> I don't think you like you need a big like COVID, you know, a big set for like a COVID esque picture. You know what I mean? Like, you don't have a lot of people in one setting. Maybe in the beginning, but after that, it's kind of just a almost like a play where it's like these two characters they stumble into this setting, and then they kind of go from there. What do you think? That's fair. Twenty twenty two, twenty twenty three. I think late next year is probably a good bet. Like a. No. I want to watch this movie during winter. Like, it, it, I, 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 not movie, show. Like, right. I, it, that setting of it being cold and dark in the world, mm-hmm. I think, mixes well with like winter time. Just get under the blanket, hunker down, and just kind of like ride it out kind of thing. So, like, yeah, yeah. I think next, next winter time is a good, now, good bet. One more question for you. The reason why we have faith in this and, and less so in Uncharted as a film is it just strictly because, like, it's HBO and we expect the quality out of HBO. Uh, that and Neil is actively helping. Okay, that's. What I I, I think having Neil be have his hands on this project as in depth as he is, or at least as it uh, uh, seems to be. I think yeah. that is what's got me more hype for that for this than the Uncharted flick. Like if if the Uncharted movie is just like explosions, cool set pieces, I'll have a great time. But right. like I I don't know, I still don't know how I feel about Marky Mark being Sully. Exactly, <laughs> that's the thing that like uh uh-uh. uh because like Sully is like this, hey, cool, suave, not like oh, what's going on? Yeah, there's I, explosions. We're in a temple. Let's fight. <laughs> Say hello to your idol for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's, that. I think the, the people that are behind the, the, the production of the HBO show versus Uncharted, I feel like you're right. Like having Neil there, having people that have written stories that are as desperate as The Last of Us, like you got people that, that know the role or at least the settings. Yeah. I feel like that's why we got more faith mm-hmm. in that than. Marky Marcus Sully, God damn it! Is that really happening? We, we really? can't do anything. But no, he already stare. did the happening, Joe. He oh, already yelled god. at plants. Oh god! <laughs> oh, the lawnmowers! <laughs> it's the air. It's the trees. <laughs> What's going on? Next oh, up, oh my please. god! I'm reliving For, bad it, memories again. 
if you've never seen The Happening, which I just watched it recently. I needed something stupid to watch this, whatever. Yeah. If you want to look up one of the worst acted pieces of film history, just search The Happening. Oh, God. Mark Wahlberg, old woman, and just watch that scene of them in the house. And it is awful. <laughs> it is so bad. <laughs> Oh my god, it's... I'll take oh. your word. I'll take your word for it. It's so bad. <laughs> Next story on the list, sir. <laughs> Andy Robinson over at VGC writes, E3 pushes forward with plans for a digital 2021 event. The Electronic Entertainment Expo, or E3, has historically been at the center of the games industry's calendar, with companies often saving their biggest announcements for the annual Los Angeles event. However, due to the coronavirus pandemic, plans for a physical E3 in 2020 were canceled. When a proposed 2020 virtual show also failed to materialize, the ESA promised a, quote, reimagined, end quote, E3 would take place in June 2021. According to E3 2021 pitch documents sent to games publishers and seen by VGC, the ESA has now outlined its proposals for this year's event, which would see three days of live stream coverage held during the previously announced dates of June 15th through 17th. The ESA's intention is to hold multiple two-hour keynote sessions from games partners, an awards show, a June 14th preview night, and other smaller streams from games publishers, influencers, and media partners. The broadcast event would be supplemented by media previews the week before, as well as demos released on consumer platforms according to the ESA's proposal. The ESA also says it will allow partner companies to remotely stream playable game demos to the media across thousands of scheduled meetings with one-to-one assistance from developers. Many companies have used similar on-demand streaming solutions during the pandemic to allow the media to remotely play their games for preview purposes. However, the E3 2021 plans still require the approval of ESA's membership, which is made up of the industry's biggest name, ga- biggest games companies and who have significant influence over the direction of the show. The ESA was already facing significant pressure to reinvent E3 with several major pub- publishers, including EA, Sony, and Activision, having abandoned the event in recent years. And that was before 2020's cancellation, after which many companies such as EA and Ubisoft enjoyed success running their own digital events. E3's longtime collaborator, Jeff Keighley, who quit the show last year last year due, due to a disagreement over its direction, also launched the successful Summer Game Fest in 2020. Keighley confirmed to VGC over private message that the event would return this year and said he would not again he would again not be involved with E3. It's unclear how many publishers have signed up for E3 2021's digital event, though at least one major games company VGC spoke to indicated that it would continue to run its own separate digital showcase rather than paying the six-figure sums required to join E3 2021 schedule. Bravo, Kyle. Bravo. That was a, that was a big one. You, the, the reason that, I giggled while I was reading early on yeah, is because you... No, you put your cursor on the sentence below, and your name popped up and covered the words. Oh, I'm so sorry. I like to read along. It's fine. I'm an old man like that. Um, so Kyle, this is this is this is a lot of stuff right here. Jeff Keighley, he's doing his own thing still with the Summer Game Fest, and to note, he he's gotten when he announced it. A lot of people like better not be a couple months. What's going on? Like, better not drag. And he stated it should only be at this point less than a month. So I'm thinking three weeks or less for okay. Jeff Keeley's Summer Game Fest. That said, 
Jedi Master Ren writes in via Discord like you can too via our Discord channel link in the description or over at our Twitter at PS Trophy Room when we ask for questions you can send them in get yours on the show read um, and Jedi says this E3 has been going downhill for years now with multiple big names pulling away from the event the panoramic uh, just see or sorry panoramic. <laughs> I think picture, yeah. the panoramic oh, picture, maybe? Jedi, you, you got me. This is my dyslexia. Uh, <laughs> just seems to be the nail on the coffin for the show. With Jeff Keeley sliding into the ring with Summer Game Fest, what do y'all think the ESA needs to do to keep the conversation in their corner? I love how that seems like Jeff Keighley is running in with the Money in the Bank briefcase. <laughs> <right>. He's cashing <laughs> it in! Oh, my God! <laughs> That's what I was thinking. I was really thinking the Royal Rumble. Yeah. <laughs> you got yeah, yeah, yeah. Jeffrey Lawler in the back. He's calling the shots over here. Did so, you just say Jeffrey Lawler? Yeah, did I get him right? No, that's his his lawyer brother <laughs> who practices bird law. No, Jerry Lawler. <laughs> Jerry Lawler, right, right, right. Don't look at Jerry's hands, but yeah, he's, my like, name's he's commentating. <laughs> yeah, my name's Jeff. So, Kyle, it does, yeah. is Jedi Masseran onto something here? Like, what does E3 Digital 2021 need to look like? Because, let's be real here, E3 didn't happen last year. The world, oh boy, let's knock on wood, didn't end, right? Like, Mm -hmm. we got the Summer Game Fest. It kind of meandered more than made some big splashes. Everybody tried to do their own little mini conference, all of which kind of seemed to, again, meander. And other than, I think, for PlayStation and Microsoft, none of them really seemed to hit. Mm -hmm. So what does E3 need to look like? What do they need to do? And... Can they actually do it? Because let's be real. Who wants to pay a six-figure sum when they could do it themselves? That is wild to me. Yeah. Wild. Six yeah. figures? My God. I know. That Now I don't blame Sony. Be like, listen, we'll do it ourselves. Yeah. I'll, I'm like, I'm Thanos. I'll do it myself. You know what I mean? Um, what are they? I think, honestly, I feel like this is a step in the right direction. Yeah. I I really dig their digital format here. Um, selfishly, it makes us, me think that we could be previewing games at E3 if it's digital at so? home. Listen, I'm just saying. I think it'd be easier to do it this way than to get badges in media, hmm. whatever. Listen, um, Mister E3, when the <laughs> trophy rooms are knocking, come uh, <laughs> come stopping by, you know. Yeah. So, like, I I dig this format. Um, okay. I'm liking the two-hour box for keynotes, so you gotta assume that's Microsoft. Right. You gotta assume Ubisoft. Sure. Don't know if EA will be back. Don't know if Sony will be back. Probably not. Um, that other one, be maybe. But yeah, I. I don't know. Um, but I, I'm liking the direction this is going. But again, from what this, I, from what this all needs to be approved, though. though. It all needs to be approved. Yeah. They need to still find people to, that want to come here. And that's the big... I think when you're even selling it, if you're just like, yeah, maybe is this li- too little too late? Mm-hmm. Because, like, even, like... Look, if I'm daddy PlayStation, right? I'm already doing my state of plays. I think we're fine. I think we have enough clout that we don't need 
this E3. If I'm Ubisoft, you know, we have our Ubisoft Directs. And look, they haven't hit it out of the park, but people tune in, they watch, right? If you're Microsoft, you have Xbox, you've just made so much news, you're buying the whole industry at this point. Mm -hmm. People are going to watch you. Um, Nintendo can literally drop a trailer for a Wii U port from six years ago, (laughs) and we're buying it. So, like, I don't think they can really do much. And I don't know... Like, they have this plan, but do they have the vision, right? Like, Jeff Keighley, if 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 I'm Jeff, the ball is, like, in my court. I It's really all on me because, you know, love him or hate him, Jeff has learned how to do these these presentations. Look look at the Game Awards, right? He's been able to do award shows and, and conference-like style shows. Uh, on the fly, digitally, in less than a year, we all talked about how, you know, the Game Awards last year was a really well-together, put-together show. So, like, if I'm the ESA, or, or not even the ESA, if I'm anybody who's actually interested in this time slot, if I'm Jeff Keeley, I'm just like, come over to where I am. I can advise yeah. you. I can show you the way. And I think that when Jeff's like, oh, it's not going to be a, you know a four-month thing, it's going to be probably a three-week thing. I think Jeff is kind of talking to partners going, listen, gamers were kind of zoning out. We need an air, a pocket for this year where we can have a festival. It's a festivus for the rest of us, for gamers. Where it's like, this week it's Ubisoft and Microsoft. Next week it's Sony and Warner Brothers. Like The next week afterwards it's like Nintendo and Sega. I don't know. And like, the, you're having a almost month long celebration in enjoying these games, watching Treehouse live events, right? Watching whatever state of play. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a way better plan of like, now you'll have all eyes on this one month. Everybody knows what to look forward to rather than having to plot down on their calendars, you know, what days they need to take off. It's like, no, it's this moment in time. And I think that's a better sell than like the ESA going, we're going to have these demos that are on you. We're going to have these conferences that, are on you. We have these ideas, but what really are they and who's really behind them? And mm-hmm. if I'm someone like PlayStation, I'm kind of looking at that going, I'm more into Jeff's idea yeah. <laughs> than anything else. You know? I, I will say as a viewer, though, this sounds to me like DC fandom. And I'd be totally okay with that kind of format. Yeah. I would. I mean, I really like DC fandom. I did, too. I, I, think, I think the line in here where it's... Um, like I'm not you know, multiple multiple two hour <laughs> multiple two hour keynote sessions. So those would yeah. be like your panels on the Batman mm-hmm. and Suicide Squad and all that. And Dude, award how, show. How which awesome is would it be if we had like a panel of like, hey, Astro's Playroom? The developers get to talk about. Well, yeah, that that's what I'm thinking. Like Swallow yeah. Streams from game publishers, uh, <laughs> like. Excuse me. Have the a team of Sobe come on and talk about Astro and the future of Astro or. Mm-hmm. Just have a roundtable discussion of like the voices behind the video game mascots. I think would be super mm-hmm. super dope. Um, like, I want I want that kind of celebration of games back. And I think yeah. what that where Jeff is doing with Summer Game Fest is a step in the right direction. Yeah. And and ESA is scrambling to try to capture that magic back because it's like, let's be real. You want E three to watch those those two hour long right. here's all the games coming out cool stuff coming yeah it it's 
in some ways still a little bit too businessy. Sure. Like when, when, when like the studio heads come on and it's like, and we'll talk about it more later this year. Yeah. Here's some this cool branded DLC where <laughs> like, just show me the games, have fun with it. Like I don't I, need the rock on stage. I don't. Keanu is cool. Yeah. I don't need. I don't. I don't need uh, another Forza car out on stage. Right. Don't need it. I just yeah. show me the games. You know, talk a little bit about the games if they're brand new, and let us just celebrate games. Yeah, I really dig that idea of just, again, having that little festival, like, where you're, like, having these old panels of, like, yeah, like, dude, like, how to make it as a voice actor or something like that. Like, how yeah. things that you could watch and people who are passionate about games yeah. or get to really absorb. I would dig that. Or do, Kyle, like, retrospectives. On the phone. Like, retrospectives on these games from a decade ago. Yeah. And then you could actually even have, like, honestly, God, conversations, like, like, Let's just say the Elden Ring is this year, right? Mm-hmm. You're, we're wheeling out J Railroad Market Martin, right? Like George Railroad Martin. Yeah, <laughs> Saying yeah, yeah. the wrong first names to people. <laughs> <laughs> George Railroad Martin's brother Jay. We wheel him out there. He's talking about the Elden Ring. And what if it's just a panel of just like and here's people's questions from, you know, a Twitter post that we put out and like that's way cooler than yeah. Like here, we're gonna wheel George R. R. Martin out on stage. George, wave at everybody. All right, everybody, say goodbye to George, and then like that, be done. This is yeah. actually a really cool idea. Yeah, yeah. The more the more yeah. I think about it, the more I want the voices, like the mascot voices panel, to be a thing. Just have the voice actor from Mario, the voice mm-hmm. actor, or the man behind the crash um, suit. <laughs> and, but I want him in and, still uh, in the Sonic. crash suit. And Sonic all sitting together and just chilling out and having a blast. Yeah. yeah. I think that'd be I dope. Think it, I, I really, <laughs> this is a great idea for us. But which Sonic voice actor? Ooh, that hurts. That hurts. Yeah, no. Not the movie. Well, real talk. Before we. Uh, all right, Nothing segment, against oh, Ben Schwartz, by the way. I love Ben. Ben Schwartz, great. <laughs> Did you see that Sonic 2 trailer? I know we're about to become trailer or title thing. Tra- title thing. <laughs> With it, the music. it got the Emerald Zone music, dude, from Sonic Two. Mm-hmm. Let's fucking go. <laughs> Let's go. We got. Oh I'm not a huge Sonic fan. I'm sorry. I mean, up until Sonic Two, that's where Joe leaves because Joe didn't get a Saturn. But like mm-hmm. Sega Two, Sonic and Knuckles, I remember vivid memories of my brother doing the Tower of Terror where you put this. I believe you put the Sonic and Knuckles cartridge in the Sega Genesis, and then you put Sonic 2 on top of that cartridge, and you get to play as Knuckles and like, oh, I think like one or two extra levels. It's like the first DLC pack. Mm, I didn't know that. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> that being said, Kyle, you know what's... <laughs> I'm just get, I'm going to get even more hyped with this next story that we have Here on. Here we go. Year. Rebecca Smith over at PS Lifestyle writes... Kadokawa Corporation forms alliance with Sony and Cyber Agent, plans to enhance IP development. That sounds straight out of a sci-fi movie. Yep. <laughs> Cyber yep. Agent. Kadokawa Corporation has formed an alliance with Sony and Cyber Agent. As translated by Gimatsu, the company revealed in their financial results that they've formed the alliance to, quote, enhance IP development, end quote. 
and expand their IPs across the globe. The agreement means the three companies will pool their expertise and resources for each other's mutual benefit. Kadokawa Corporation will create more strong IPs, quote, composed of a diverse portfolio, end quote. Sony will use their publishing muscle to, to increase the spread of games and animation across the world. Finally, Cyber Agent will take care of the mobile market. Both Cyber Agent and Sony now have 1,422,475 shares in Kadokawa as part of the agreement, each gaining a 1.93% stake in the company. Kadokawa aims to use their existing IPs to maximum effect. Kadokawa Games, another subsidiary company, has their own range of IPs like the Root Letter, Visual Novels, and turn-based RPGs Metal Max Xeno, Demon Gaze, and God Wars. These would all benefit from increasing their global market, especially since Sony bought anime streaming service Crunchyroll and gives Katakawa's animations a far bigger audience than it likely already has. Of course, one of Katakawa's current subsidiary companies is From Software, best known for Demon Souls, Dark Souls, Blood, Bloodborne, and Sekiro Shadows Die Twice. This won't necessarily mean more PlayStation exclusive titles, though, especially as the upcoming Elden Ring will be multi-platform and published by Bandai Namco. However, Sony owns the Bloodborne and Demon Souls IP. Uh, Bandai Namco owns Dark Souls and Activision owns Sekiro. It may pave the way for a future acquisition by Katakawa. So... A correction to this article. No, From Software doesn't own Bloodborne or Demon Souls. That's owned by Sony. Um, but a lot and how the fan base really is is like they went up to Demon Soul or or From Software, they went to, up to Miyazaki and they were just like, Do we have your blessing to do this? And he was just like, I don't know if you if you really can, but go for it. So, you know, this whole news, Kyle. You read a whole lot of things. I tried to. I said, I tried I to said Katokawa a lot, <laughs> a lot, a lot, and also like so much so that like I kind of started thinking Katokawa does like the Katokawa Corporation does seem like an evil corporation. If you ask me. Yeah, you know it's like I mean? the like, foot in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> You've messed with the Katokawa Corporation for too long, Jack Bauer, like something like that, and then like yeah, Cyber yeah, yeah. Agent, like dude, Cyber Agent again. What a name. Does this mean, Kyle? Does this mean... You know what? I'm not going to ask the question. Awesome Dave1337 writes in. Like, you can't do via PS4 if you're on Twitter. Now that Sony has put money into the owner of From Software, do you think this is promising for us to get a Bloodborne 2? Obviously, it's a small percentage, like 2%, but do you think this will give Sony the leverage they need to ensure we get a sequel of the best game of all time? I swear to God, I didn't write that in. No, you didn't. Awesome Dave 1337 did. And when you put 1337 in a calculator, what do you get? Leet. Okay, huh? Dad. <laughs> I'm just telling you, Sonny, when I was around, we calculator and phone were two different things. Kyle, um, is, is, are we going to blow up our team? Here's the thing, Joe. Did any of what you read... Right there. In I now. think there's a better chance than ever for Bloodborne Two. I I really do. Is it but, because of this two percent stake at Kotakawa? Partially, but I I also I also think Sony's listening. I think Sony knows about the fan base wanting a new Bloodborne game. Um, but here's the thing. Okay. I don't think we need a Bloodborne Two. Shut up. 
I think Bloodborne is the type of game that is fine Shut on its up own. Your mouth. <laughs> oh, so disgusting. So I, I expect this from, you know, the host of the, of XEP, Luke Lloyd. He was an awful human being, but not for my own co-host. Why don't we? Of course, we need Bloodborne too. Do we though? Yes. Why? I want to fight more of those bosses. Okay, you I you want... can fight any more of those kind of bosses in any other From Software game. Okay, Dad. <laughs> okay, I get it. McDonald's was the exit behind us. And if, it's yeah, it's hungry. like you're asking for Oreos at the store, and I grab the off-brand Oreos. Like, listen, see, we have the same thing at home. <laughs> Hydrox is the original Oreo. <laughs> this is not the off-brand. Oreos the off-brand. Um, no. Okay, so I'll break it down here. This corporate alliance, this is what happens. Uh, I'm going to teach people because YouTube creators, they've been, they've been creating a farce. I'm not a business person, didn't get a business degree, but I did have Google and I looked it up. I did a little research before I overhyped myself. So pretty much corporate alliances, um, or capital alliances rather, are when two corporations or two smaller businesses say, Hey, you have this thing I want. I have this thing you want. Let's make a partnership together so that we make this one big thing. And, you know, it's kind of like a shake hands, a wink and a nod. So Sony has Funimation. They have uh, Crunchyroll. Both of those companies are streaming services for uh, anime. Kodakawa is a, you know, anime studio first. Like, they own a lot of anime properties. Like, we named off things that I'll never see in my life. Um, so, yeah, it makes sense. For Sony, for their streaming services, because they see Netflix coming out with a whole bunch, bunch of different animes trying to take up that market. Like, we just saw one for, um, oh, God, it's Kaiju, Pacific Rim anime coming out in March, and I'm actually really interested in that. So, like, you know, they're trying to get They have these a audiences. Cyberpunk one, right? Next year, yeah. I think, the Cyberpunk one? Cyberpunk one. Let's see how that one comes out. So, like, you know, <laughs> I'm sorry for the little jab. I couldn't help myself. Sometimes you just, it's right there in front of you. But, like, that's what Sony's, tr- they, they bought these two streaming services. They want to make sure these things are profitable. So they're going to invest in them. It's doesn't really mean anything in terms of from software when it comes to Bloodborne. If Sony wanted to make a Bloodborne 2 right now, they'd do it. They don't need from software, but they need from software in the sense that no one's going to have faith in that game if Miyazaki has not even a any type of role in it, doesn't have his blessing. So, like, as a Bloodborne fan, you know that Miyazaki from software, Bloodborne is their baby. This is the mm-hmm. game that they, that's that's like his child. Like, they think they got something really special here. So, you know, they want to make it. And they've even said it. it's all up to Sony. So now it is all up to Sony. And if I have a 2% stake, um, you kind of get to maybe see what their portfolios look like in terms of from, like we know they have three or four studios, uh, at from software. One of them's producing Elden Ring. One of them just got done with Sekiro. What's this third mystery game? And when you're taking a look at, um, you know, from software's plans a few years back, they said mystery PlayStation IP and a VR game. So we got the VR game that was Derecine. Mm. What is this mystery PlayStation game? If I'm also Miyazaki, hold my hand here. I'm about to take you on a trip. We also know 
uh, not to say like a little birdie told me in my ear, but the echoes are that, or the whispers are that Elder Ring's in its, its polishing phase. It's going to come out in this holiday. So knowing that they're probably at the point of, you know, post-production, if this was a movie, because now we're a film podcast, you're probably on to the next project. And I think that next project is either Sekiro 2, depending on their deal with Activision, or it's a Bloodborne 2. That's been my fucking TED Talk. Drop the mic. We I don't, don't need any this. I think the other thing that I think you're forgetting about is Armored Core, man. Kyle. I, I feel like they can bring it back at the at, like that. Kyle, listen, been, I'm not here to It's been seven years core. since the last Armored Core. And they can wait seven more. I need a board, okay? <laughs> they can wait. Daddy needs this. Here's the thing. Daddy needs his juice shoes. Exactly. And that is Blood Bloodborne. Rigo writes in, I have never beaten Bloodborne to this day. Shame on you, sir. Shame on you. Do you have any tips you could give me because I, or give me because I am way too late to the party. Keep trying. Perseverance. Patience. Kyle, again, you, sound like, you sound like my dad again. Exactly. You need We're just trading off being dads to each other. <laughs> you need, yeah, you need drive. Do it again. <laughs> do it again, but better. <laughs> Pick yourself up, dust yourself off, and do yep. it again. I'm not going to tell you I love you till you do it right, and even then, it's like I'm the, not It's like the it. God of War reveal trailer. Yeah. It's like, you're deer. Go. Yeah. Deer, <laughs> hunt it, boy. So, like, I... For your tip for beating Bloodborne, um, really look up some YouTube tutorials, look at what weapon you fancy, and just go with it. Just try it out. It's not for everybody, but it's for the most elite, Rigo. Oh, don't don't listen to him, Rigo. (laughs) Honestly, try it out. Yeah. It's fantastic. The furthest I've ever been in Bloodborne. I forgot where where I stopped, but it's mm-hmm. way further than, excuse me, the opening area. Like, I beat Father Gascoigne, which is nuts. Yeah. Um, Bragging rights right there. The game is pretty damn great. Mm-hmm. It's phenomenal. It's a master class of level design and combat, yeah. I'll say that, as a mm-hmm. fanboy perspective. That's the only fanboy thing I've said all night, to be honest. Yeah, it's it's yeah. bar none one of the best PlayStation games ever. Yep. Um, and, but... Also, and that's why it's, it's a coming, game Kyle. that yeah, but, uh, it's so deep within the culture of PlayStation. I feel like we're having the same conversation of where we were when we about the the Last of Us Part One. Like that could have totally I been by to itself and been totally fine on its own. We I'm didn't need a part two. Like, we didn't need a part two of Last of Us. We didn't. I don't think we did. need a Bloodborne two. I don't. Think you we did, do. and isn't that your game of the year? Isn't that the trophy room game of the Listen, year? Listen, absolutely, it is. Okay, but like. I don't know. I don't know. I get it. The the game, like, how can it top itself? Yes, Let exactly. Miyazaki try. There, there's That's only there's only disappointment to go. I think from from your standpoint. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Unless a golf club is a weapon in Bloodborne Two, I don't think this oh. game will ever disappoint. <laughs> <laughs> all right, depending on how how large the arms are in Bloodborne Two, you can't disappoint me. All right. No, I definitely think there's room for this universe to grow. I think there's. There, it's it's a cult following within PlayStation. You know, it's deep within its own marketing. When you're taking a look at PlayStation's front page of their gear store, it's right alongside Last of Us, God of War, and all that. Like, 
This game has legs. This series has a following. If Demon Souls, which had a very small following at the time, could be the launch title to the PS5. Yeah, I think, you know, it's very realistic that Bloodborne 2 is in development and it is, or, or could be in development or could come out there eventually. That's you know? fair. Do, do we get it know. as Bloodborne 2 or is it like Blood Death? Oh, it's Bloodborne 2. Uh, it's Bloodborne 2. I, want, I like and Blood Death. Here's, here's, the ultimate, here's the ultimate pie in the sky, Kyle. All right, I'm saying it right here. You're going to see some for, former trailer this year. Woo-wee! Whether it's just a title screen, maybe you see a saw cleaver, I'm saying it. Hold out faith, everyone. Hold God, out do, faith. Do you remember Game Awards a couple years ago when that Sekiro thing first showed up? It's like, <gasps> it's one more two. <laughs> it's one more two. Mm-hmm. That was uh. disappointing. <laughs> they know. They know we want this. They can't. <sighs> what? Okay. All right. Well, let's go with the show. If you were to pick, kind of in the same vein as that Sekiro reveal at the Game Awards, where it's just what I believe is the grappling hook from the game, the the guy's arm, if there was one image Mm -hmm. from the Bloodborne universe to pop up on screen, to have that kind of same effect with like a little bit of VO or something, Um, what would you pick? uh, Beginning intro of, of Bloodborne. So the weird, like, horror-esque operatic thing of like, oh, oh, and it's just like Sony, you know, studios, and then it's from Software Presents, and then it's just Saw Cleaver, Bloodborne 2. I I would, I would have a black screen. That gets me very (laughs) aroused, just thinking, I I gave myself some Kyle. I would have a black screen. Okay. With some like creepy gothic music, not exactly sure. the same as the first game. Right. You hear the saw cleaver go into right. trick mode, right? Am I getting yeah. the terms correctly? Yeah, you, got it. you got it. And then you hear somebody say a line of dialogue from the game. Right. I don't know anything, right. but and then you see a uh, a, a light light up, a lamp, mm-hmm. and that's all you get. You get from software, and that's it. No title, no nothing, just the light, the lamp lighting up, and you know what it it's, is. It's like you know what it is. Okay. You know what it is, but like that's, I could see that being the route that they go, which would All be right. dope. That'd be so cool. Kyle, you don't get to hype me like this. <laughs> All right, get, get me. We okay. We've been we we've been on cloud nine for a while now. Now it's time for me to burst your bubble, you son of a gun. <laughs> Let's get to the final <laughs> topic of the day. <clears throat> Main topic of the night. Jordan Oliman over at IGN writes, Microsoft creating new company, Vault, to complete ZeniMax and Bethesda deal. Legal documents indicate that Microsoft intends to create a new wholly owned subsidiary called Vault to complete its ZeniMax media acquisition deal. It's not clear if ZeniMax will be known as Vault after the deal closes. The European Union is currently deciding whether to approve the $7.5 billion acquisition that was revealed back in September 2020. Documents seen on the European Union law website EUR Lex referred to the logistics of the acquisition, mentioning a quote merger pers- pursuant to which a newly created Microsoft subsidiary Vault will be merged with and into hmm. ZeniMax end quote. 
While it's not clear exactly how this will work, the Vault subsidiary would be a good way to house Microsoft's new acquisitions under one quasi-independent banner, affording ZeniMax's studios, which includes Bethesda, Arcane, Machine Games, and more, a level of freedom while still being owned by Microsoft. The text explicitly says that Microsoft will acquire, quote, sole control of the whole of ZeniMax, end quote, regardless, regardless. but the document suggests they will be accompanying this via the Vault subsidiary. It's a different approach to Microsoft's previous acquisitions, such as Obsidian, Ninja Theory, and Double Fine, which were formerly made a part of Microsoft and housed under its Xbox Game Studios brand. Whether ZeniMax's studios become part become known as part of Vault or not, the move to create a Microsoft subsidiary to complete the merger seems to mark a level of independence compared to other acquired companies. This tallies with previous reporting about Bethesda's semi-independence under Microsoft. Phil Spencer told CNET in September that, quote, they're not about becoming us, end quote, in reference to the deal. Bethesda SVP of Global Marketing Pete Hines backed this up, saying in a statement that, quote, we're still working on the same games we were yesterday, made by the same studios we've worked with for years, and those games will be published by us, end quote, around the same time. Kyle, 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 this is... We're we're about to become lawyers over here, okay? This is great. This is big time for us. What do you think how, this means? How so is this big time? Okay, so the one thing that they said here, right? It's a different approach to Microsoft's previous acquisitions. Obsidian, mm-hmm. Ninja Theory, Double Fine, which were made part of Microsoft and housed under the Xbox Game Studios brand, right? End quote. So they became under the subsidiary of Xbox, right? Xbox is a subsidiary of Microsoft. That's how corporations work. Corporation is one giant, think of it as a giant spider. The legs are different bodies. They're all walking. And it's kind of uh, like a hive mind. The big corporation wants to know what these smaller companies are up to. But it's kind of laissez-faire. These companies, because they're a corporation, they get to ask each other things. They get to partner with each other, use each other's technology without much interference, right? So, Xenomax comes in, right? Xenomax. They're now going to be part of Volt subsidiary. So, it looks like, again, I'm a, just a small town country lawyer, but I do declare it sounds like they're getting rid of Xenomax uh, just publishing or the Zenimax Media company, parent company, and replacing it with Volt subsidiary. So it looks like Volt is going to be their parent company, and Bethesda, id, uh, Arcane, those companies will be working under Volt. It seems like if I'm a betting man, which I've known to bet a few times here or there and lose every single one, it does give me the illusion, or make an argument for, Microsoft's going to have some tangential relationships with Bethesda, but it doesn't seem like every single Bethesda game from here on out is an Xbox exclusive. Or am I getting too ahead of myself, Kyle? Am I full of shit? You're not. You're not getting ahead of yourself at am all. I you, you, may, you, you may be full of shit, but you're not getting ahead of yourself. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I'm hopeful. Okay. I am hopeful that this means that games similar to Emojang, where right. we still got Minecraft on PlayStation, I'm hopeful. However, I just feel like this is a way for them to just kind of merge the games into game studios anyway, down the line. Like, I feel like this just makes it easy uh, from an acquisition standpoint. Mm-hmm. 
And then who's not to say further than the line, they bring in a machine games as part of just game studios or bring in these separate little teams and just make them exclusive to Xbox. So, and, and it goes with what Philly Phil um, and uh, and I think uh, Pete Hines were talking about. I wanted to get his first name right. It couldn't be. <laughs> I couldn't do it for a third time. Where, you know, when they were talking about the Bethesda acquisition, they talked about Bethesda Publishing as a as a partner. We're partners. And that's what made things always, that always like, perked up the old brow of like, what do you mean partners? Like, yeah, what yeah, are, yeah. what does it mean if they're not becoming us in reference to the deal? Like, mm-hmm. that is very interesting to me. This actually gave me a lot more hope of, actually, I don't think every Bethesda game is coming, is going to be an Xbox exclusive. And maybe that's just Indiana Jones, right? Mm-hmm. Or maybe that is just Elder Scrolls or, or Fallout. But this kind of actually gives me a little bit of hope of like, as a PlayStation gamer of like, oh, maybe this is just them kind of broadening out Game Pass more so of like, I mean, like, what's the bigger deal? Because like, honestly, goodness, Kyle, the one thing that always tempts me every week, every time there's a sale is seeing if the Outer Worlds is on sale on PlayStation. Mm. It's always $59.99. And I look at my Xbox Series X gun, but it's 15 bucks over here. And, and isn't like, it still on Game Pass? It's still on Game and it'll always be on Game Pass. Yeah. So, like, what's the incentive? What's the true carrot on the stick? If I could make a little money on this PlayStation and cool, but what if I can entice some PlayStation users go, yeah, you could pay fifteen bucks or you know, f- uh, you know, sixty nine ninety nine for this game, or you could pay fourteen ninety nine for it. Like this, no, carrot, like this stick, it's nice. <laughs> I'm one hundred percent with you. I I get, I get that logic. I got you. Just some, I, I refuse to believe it. I want, mm-hmm. I want to be happily surprised and giddy mm-hmm. when Wolfenstein Three I'll be able to play on my PlayStation. Right. But until I that w- moment, I'm gonna run under the the cloud of right. goodbye Bethesda games on PlayStation. Goodbye Bethesda right. trophies. It's not happening. It seems like you really you're taking the breakup really well. <laughs> and here I was when I wanted to put this this this. News on the show. Notes. I mean, I what like, hurts really is Starfield. Your heart streams. Really, what, Starfield is the one that hurts because I, I don't vibe with Elder Scrolls a okay. whole lot. Like okay. Skyrim is not my jam. The the that huge hmm. fantasy RPG world is not my thing when it comes yeah. to Bethesda. Oh, what happened? Yeah, your your PlayStation <laughs> <just> started. <laughs> All right, I'll just turn that off for now. We're um, finding a flaw in this new setup. Yeah. The so that's not all that's not my jam, but give me a space RPG a la a Mass Effect, uh, made by made by Bethesda Game Studios. Um, that has me super, yeah. super excited. Yeah, so you, I you'd buy I, an Xbox for that, you'd betray us all, is what you're telling I me. I mean, down the line, I will get a Series X. I'm not mm-hmm. chomping at the bit. One Halo comes out, probably, mm-hmm. but Master Chief's got a fucking hook for a hand. Bam! Elevator pitch. That's that's how I would sell it. That's <laughs> that's my elevator pitch. Like, so Joe, what's your new what's your new idea for this new Halo? He's got a hook for a hand. <laughs> he shoots and he grapples on the stuff. <laughs> oh, so Sekiro, Halo edition. <laughs> yeah, but it's like a hook for a hand. <laughs> and he's scared of this crocodile that's that right. <laughs> t- t- took his hand way back when. Yeah, now he has an eye patch in front of his in front of his visor. <laughs> 
Why do you have a Brooklyn accent? And it's terrible, by the way. <laughs> now I want a Halo Peter Pan game where, where Master Chief is, is Captain Peter Hook. And- Cortana is uh, Tinkerbell. Shmi? Oh, I'm thinking the other way around of them being the bad guys of Captain Hook and Cortana oh. Shmi. Oh, no. You got to make them the good guys. You got to make them the good guys. Uh. Kyle, uh, listen. Okay. I thought I would get you here. I thought you'd be hopeful. I thought I was going to come in and then crush your dreams. But it looks like no. we're on different sides. Of the- okay. Yeah. Level-headed. And listen, I lied to you when I said that was the final bit of news because we got speculation town. This one, I, I literally put this... Last main topic, literally just for you. So take I love time. speculation time. Liam Croft over at Push Square writes, Potential Final Fantasy VII Remake DLC trademark expands to the U.S. Off the back of a number of trademark listings from Square Enix that went public last month relating to Final Fantasy VII Remake, the ever-crisis term has now been expanded to also cover the U.S. It was filed six days ago and now means the trademark covers Japan, Europe, Canada, and Australia, as well as America. There's no word on the other recent trademarks coming out of Square Enix, the First Soldier, and the Shinra logo at the time of writing. Either way, there's a chance that Final Fantasy VII Remake news will be shared this weekend as part of a digital concert in Japan. The game's co-director, Motomo Toriyama, has teased a special program relating to last year's remake. Quote, there will be a few things related to Final Fantasy VII Remake that will be revealed only at this concert, end quote. However, this translation has has been disputed since publication by Gimatsu. The event takes place on February 13th. So Kyle, you got three options here. Are they mm-hmm. going to at this concert go, here's the PS5 edition or version? Uh, yeah. And it's a free upgrade. Are they going to do that? Are they going to announce the Xbox version of this game? Mm. Or are they going to announce a something so stupid that it shouldn't have even been been worth mentioning at this concert. Which candy bars get DLC this time? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, I think a little bit of both one and two. Yeah. I, I, I think along with the news of PS5 edition, mm. which has to happen. Yeah. It, uh, it has to happen. I, I think it'll also come along with the news that it's finally has a date for Xbox. Okay. I think those two goes hand to hand. Although, like, I don't put any faith in any of these concert <laughs> announcements. I yes. really don't. Like, it's they can range from so many different things. It's it's odd, I and I think the last concert they did before the E three where they showed off the tr- the trailer, they showed the trailer earlier early at that concert, I believe. Yeah. And I think that was really the only reason to go because that concert was pretty much just like the music coming from a computer. It wasn't a live orchestra or anything. Mm. It was just all very weird. MP3s being played or whatever yeah. it was. It's like, it's, it's like my cousin's it's wild. Mitzvah, that's what you're telling me. Same thing with like the Kingdom Hearts too. They announce yeah. things like the Kingdom Hearts concerts all the time. Okay. Well, I thought I was going to get more life out of you there. Yeah, I keep, I keep letting myself down, I guess. I what do you know. want me to say? Oh, Final Fantasy Remake Part 2 is going to be announced there? Yes. <laughs> I will say if they do any DLC. We need sensationalism, Kyle. That's what gets the clicks, okay? You make outrageous claims. You don't need to stick to them. You just need to say them. If it's gigantic, yeah. right? If it's more than just PS5s coming to Xbox. Yeah. Uh, we've partnered with KitKats for, for DLC material. Right. Um, Shit, I'd buy that. You I would 100% buy that. Uh, you, you tell me you put a Shinra logo on a Reese? <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. If there is a DLC, okay. it's got to be with Zach. It has to be Zach from Efron. F- no, Zach is. Oh, I don't want to. Sp- oh man, I don't want to spoil too much. Deal. Zach's a big deal. Zach okay. showed up at the end of the uh, at, at the end of remake. Uh, black hair. Okay. Uh, also had a Buster sword. Um, okay. I, I feel like it has things. to do with him. <laughs> I know. Whatever. I'm sorry, y'all. It's real hard to talk about the ending of remake because it's crazy. Okay. But yeah, okay. I think it has to do, do with him. I'll take your word for it. Pregnant Paul. Sorry if I spoiled it for anybody. Honestly, you didn't, because that, that ending is wild. <laughs> like, oof. With that said, Kyle, uh, did you know that it's Black History Month this month, February? I did. Uh, so what we wanted to do is a little different on the show. Um, you know, I feel like February rolls around. Every other podcast, every other media group is just like, hey, look at this black creator, this black talent out there. We want to spotlight it. And then I feel like after this month, everybody then kind of forgets. We haven't forgotten. I think in 2020, leading up to 2021, we've done a really great job of bringing in diverse voices, diverse folks into this uh, into this show. Um, I can't remember the last time we had a white dude on the show, to be honest. Breath of fresh air as a Hispanic myself. So to me, I feel like we've done a really great job. I, f- I feel like there's other ways we could spotlight things and, and make good. And so here's what we're going to try to do this month. We want to do each and every week spotlight a different charity for people of color. The first one being uh, the Black Girls Code. So Black Girls Code, uh, this is their mission statement right here, to introduce programming and technology to new generations of coders, uh, coders who will become builders of technology innovation in and of their own futures. Imagine the impact of these curious, creative minds could have on the world with guidance and encouragement uh, of from others that take it for granted. I have and I can't wait. And pretty much what Black Girls Codes does is it offers programs to get girls to learn how to program in STEM fields or in technology fields, scientific fields, so that they can become the leaders of tomorrow. And as crazy or as, you know, uh, you know, branding as that sounds, that sounds awesome to us. We need more people of color in industries like this, especially black women. And honestly, I've been part of like programs like this. I remember as a kid, we little taught, uh, they taught me how to program a level in, in a game. And I found out I was not good at it. (laughs) (laughs) So it's really awesome to see that they're really kind of giving kids the passion if they have it to hone it and to make something of it. That's awesome for us. And so link down below in the description. If you'd like to support them, donate to the cause or just learn more. So again, down below in the description of the podcast with that, Kyle, let's get into some flash news. Yeah. A little bit about MLB, the show 21, Uh, Mm -hmm. the tech test signups are live. You can sign up over at MLB, MLB, the dot show slash tech test. That's MLB, the dot show slash tech tech test by monday february 15th by 10 a.m pacific time uh the test will take place from february 23rd 
to March 1st. Uh, you can test it on your PS4. I believe they have a PS4, PS5, and they also have Xbox uh, versions for, for tech tests if you want to try it out over there. Uh, the modes that you can play are Diamond Dynasty versus the computer, Diamond, Diamond Dynasty events, Diamond Dynasty casual, Diamond Dynasty play with friends, and the Battle Royale mode. Um, Called Diamond which, Dogs. It's a Metal Gear Solid crossover. (laughs) And uh, in other MLB The Show news, um, it seems that building a ballpark is a mode that is coming in this game, which is awesome. That is super, super cool. Uh, I'm I'm happy that we're finally getting more news about MLB The Show. I'm happy Mm -hmm. that it's... uh, it's relatively soon. It's in April, so two months away. I just I love the show so much. I, I'm so ready for baseball to be back. Show. Yeah. Most of my viewing on my PlayStation and on YouTube are baseball clips. Baseball clips. L- last two days, like every ejection, every uh, argument between umpires and managers, I just like to watch those. And like, yes, hmm. baseball's coming back. And yeah. you get to like mouth what they're saying to each other. Yeah, Maybe I make them have funny voices. <laughs> well, I read lips. It's something I do. I don't know if you know that. Oh, okay. Uh, what it's am I a way right now. Baseball is dumb. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're good. You're good. Yeah, it, it's a thing. When I was little, I couldn't hear, so I relied on looking at people's oh, mouths and stuff. That's awesome. Okay. So that's something I do on YouTube, but that's aside. Tech test. Mm-hmm. Sign up by February fifteenth if you want to take part. It's Roughly a week or so of uh, playing the new show. Which is if awesome. I got to make my own, thank you for asking me what my studio would be, your stadium would be. Mm-hmm. It'd be a mixture of three stadiums, okay? Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, are. boy. You got Fenway Park out there with the Green Monster, but mixed with Giant Stadium in, in you know, San Fran. And then the old Shea Stadium with... Uh, 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 you know the, the oh the, the wall apple. of seats oh okay that's still a thing that's yeah. still oh, a thing oh it's so okay and <laughs> you'd be like where's the Fenway Park Green Monster what where is it it would appear out of the <laughs> yeah because I remember back in the nineties watching it with my uncle there'd be people with their like yachts or whatever like. It, like just sitting from the, from the from their ships or whatever. I want I want it to emerge like Godzilla, <laughs> and then on like like periodically, the, like the big giant apple would come and they would clash. <laughs> I just want a kaiju fight that. I don't I don't think it'll be that in depth, but okay. you can make every outfield wall the the green monster if you want to be sadistic and have no home runs being it. Sure, just, just emerge out of the ground. <laughs> That's all I really want. If they um, hit a specific spot in the field, the green monster comes up. Bam. Yep, yep, yep. That's what I yeah. want. Uh, every uh, foul ball. This other last piece of Flash yes. news I, I, I saw um, really not that long ago, so I added it. Uh, last week on February 3rd, uh, Far Cry 6 was delayed. It was set to release on February 18th. Which was which is next week, uh, for PC, PS4, PS5, Xbox One, Series X, and Google Stadia, but has been delayed. Ubisoft made the announcement during its financial earnings report and stated that the game will arrive after April 2021, but no later than March 2022. So mm-hmm. I, I knew I knew there was a game that I've been missing. Like yeah. I, I feel like there's something supposed to be around this time that I'm excited for, and 
it was Far Cry, and yeah, it's delayed. There you go. It looks like indefinitely, or at least till next year. Bummer, but kind of yeah. expected. I kind of think they're holding on to this, seeing if they can put it out in the holiday. I think a lot of people also got to realize this year's going to be slim pickings for games. It really does seem like that. This is we've gotten the the COVID effect is is hitting us really hard right now. So sure. Yeah. With that, Kyle, it's time for the Sony Pony Express. Yeah, yeah. Now you guys know that you know. Last week we killed off our old segment. We introduced the Sony Pony Express, and pretty much what it is, it's a series of tubes. Okay, where you can send your questions in. I forgot about the tube lore. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's tube lore. It's deep. It's underground, underwater, but appears from time to time. So it's a series of tubes. You can send your questions in via the PS Trophy Room uh, over on Twitter. You can send your questions into the Discord server. You can even send your questions in via Patreon if you're a patron, like our good friend Ian Riley did. And they asked this question. Open world games seem to be getting larger and larger. The largest in my mind are the newest additions to Assassin's Creed lineup. Odyssey, Valhalla's maps are massive, but can almost be daunting to trek through. Ghost of Tsushima was pretty large of a map as well, but not nearly as overwhelming as any of the recent Ubisoft maps. When I think of my ideal map, I think of Skyrim Drop the Base, which is Skyrim, that's how I say it, where it was large but small enough that I knew where everything was just by viewing my surroundings and not really needing to pull up the map. My question is... What is your ideal open world? So big that you can never really see everything, or big enough to incentivize explorations, but small enough to memorize the map in the world? Good question. Great Excellent question. question. I love Skiver Ivers map. It's a great map. I, I and I see what, what, what Ian says, I agree with it as well. It's like a good open world map, you kinda like if you love it so much, you kinda know. You're like, oh, here's this biome. I know where this is. I know where that is. I love that feeling. I think Skyrim has one of the best maps ever. But for yeah. you, Kyle, what has one of the best open world maps? Oh, man, that's tough. Like, Ghost is great. Ghost yeah. is a great pick. And I'm with you, Ian. I think the reason why I haven't gone back to Valhalla is because of how how heavy it feels of mm-hmm. stuff to do and how big that map is. Uh, it definitely does feel daunting when it comes to those. Yeah, I absolutely. think one of my favorites actually might be Horizon. Yeah. Horizon's got a br- pretty awesome open world. It's it's kind of big, but mm-hmm. it's there's tons of stuff to do along the way. There are a ton of cool robot battles that to be had. Mm-hmm. Um, that is what I'm looking forward to with two. I want right. more of that. I want more right. of those kind of underground chambers and like dungeon type things that were in the first game. Um, mm-hmm. I think Horizon hits it pretty damn close. I think another really good one in, in a genre that doesn't have a whole lot of them. Now that I'm thinking of it, um, yeah. Far Cry Three. Far Cry Three's Ooh. open world is really, really freaking good. Okay. So I think for me, I think there's three type of open worlds. One where it's like the cheers moment of everybody knows your name. And that for me is Red Dead. Red Dead's map is huge, but I've played so much of it and especially in online where I know where I'm going. I don't need to open a map. Um, and it gives you this like 
the thing that I love is when you're settling in a world, not when the world seems like a, like, like it's been here for a while. It's like, oh, things have just happened. Or, 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 you know, like, like I love Westerns because of that. So for me, I, I love when like, it's just a whole lot of wilderness and then you stumble into a town. Mm-hmm. Um, that's always my favorite thing. Um, I know this sounds very corny, very cheesy. And I say it on every show, but like World of Warcraft, that world is, I know where everything is in, you know, Elwyn Forest. I know Stranglehorn Valley, you know, like, you know, like, Thorn Valley. Like, I know where the quest lines are going. I know where those things are. And it feels familiar, but the world feels so lived in. Mm. It just feels, it feels so good. Yeah. Um, gotta go with Ghost of Tsushima right now because it's so fresh in my head. But I really think they did the Breath of the Wild treatment to the world. And I just feel like they did it better. And I know we're a PlayStation podcast, not fanboyish, but Breath of the Wild had a great open world. That's really all it really had to it. I love that they blended that open world with the far cries of like, go raid that bandit village, go do this small side quest here. Gave me more structure to what Breath of the Wild had. Um, and then Witcher 3. Witcher 3, talk about a world that feels lived in. Like yeah. every area feels like, oh shit, there was a fight here not too long ago. It's a it's a swamp of dead bodies. So like here's this big sprawling city that really does feel medieval. Yeah. Sure. I think the the Witcher three to me falls in that Assassin's Creed, like, oh my god, this world is huge. There's so much mm-hmm. to do. So but- that's another daunting one. Another shout out I want to give, not really the full game's not open world, but Come shout on. out to the worlds of playstation one rpgs like when you're out in the open world okay. like i know where every town is i know where all the secrets are i know where yeah. to farm xp that those are like half of my brain is like playstation one jrpgs maps. also shout out to the best grand theft auto which was san andreas oh that hell map. yes that map seems hell so yes. huge i can only imagine going back and going this is so tiny but like i i try to replay vice city Oh, not that long ago, and yeah. like, God, I thought as a kid this game is huge. <laughs> I, and it's just a strip mall. Of, it's real tiny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Catalyst writes in, and I love how. First off, I love that this segment's name. People are loving it, and people are going along with it. So Catalyst writes in uh, with this. All right, Pony, I need you to give this letter letter to the Paul Revere treatment and haul it this to Kyle and Joe as quickly as possible. Tow the most beautiful to the most beautiful podcasters on the planet Earth. We, your loyal listeners, have heard the new system of mail and hope this letter has gotten to you safely without harm. I, Catalyst three one three, have for the first time sorry have subscribed to PS Now for the first time in hopes to get past my gaming fatigue. I've become bored with games and I have hope that this streaming services fixes this. If it doesn't do, uh, sorry, if it doesn't do you, no, sorry, if it doesn't, comma, do you have any tips to find your love of gaming after an extended period of becoming bored with video games? Mm. That's a good question. It's a great question. I struggle with this My brother called in and he very much distracted me. My phone was (laughs) vibrating and all that, so if you saw Uh, me struggling video, you know what's up. I'm I'm with you, Catalyst. I go through gaming fatigues quite often. Yeah. All the time, where I I don't want to play a game, I just want to do other things, and yep. to get out of that, 
I know that this you want to find something new, but sometimes I just go back to something old and just yeah. kind of like. There's a reason why I've beaten Borderlands 2 so many times. There, like, <laughs> there's a reason why I keep going back to Fall Guys every once in a while to just kind of hop in for a little bit. And yeah. It kind of kickstarts my my love of gaming into, like, right now I play Control. Like, I'm itching. I platinum it. I'm itching to beat the other DLC. I'm ready to go into something new and, and, and yeah. play more games that way. So those are my tips for how to get out of it. But, like, PS Now, there's a lot of good stuff on there. Yeah, go nice. uh, go uh, play Arkham Origins, Batman. <laughs> please, someone it else play that game. <laughs> there you go. Or um, Resistance Three. Do it. Do it. All right. It's on. For me, <laughs> I, I don't know. I had a brain fart there. What I want to say. Uh, for me, when I have like uh, gaming like fatigue, I guess it happens. Like I, I just went through after Hitman Three. I'm like, I think I've done all I needed to do. I'm going to try to platinum it, but what I'm really waiting for is for Hitman 2 to get back on sale because I ain't paying full price. And then I'll, I'll be back in it. But sometimes I just don't feel it, so I don't do it. You know, this week was pretty light because I was setting up stuff. I was learning things, and that's what I kind of wanted to do more was, like, learn how to do some video production on the camera end. And, uh, and, you know, get some of the lighting techniques right. And so that's what I kind of did instead. Sometimes you just need that break. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Ain't no wrong with that. That said, Metal Kirby writes in. Also, Cat, let's play Control. PS Plus. Oh, yeah. Get it. Play Control. It's there. Yeah. Destruction All-Stars if you have a PlayStation 5. Concrete Genie. Fantastic. Concrete Genie. I mean, you got options. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Metal Kirby knows what I mean. And they write in asking this. As someone who recently has begun his trophy hunting uh, I have both hard, uh, sorry, I have both hard platinums, Bloodborne and Sekiro, and easy ones like My Name Is Mayo, same here, and Road Bustle. I'm oh, gonna write that down for later. Look up Road Bustle. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I am currently working on Rhyme and Concrete Genie. Any suggestions, Kyle? You're more of the trophy oh, hunter than man. I. Yeah. What? what, what man, he's got there's some so hard many. Ones. You do have some variety. hard ones, which is fantastic. Like Sekiro, um, shit. Man, I mean, banging the drum a lot this episode. Yeah, I got the control platinum in fifteen hours. <laughs> yeah, Dad. it's it's not that difficult. Uh, there are some no, tough spots, but it's it's pretty straightforward. Um, Man eater is another fun one. It's pretty that straightforward. One's really fun one. That one will, co- will only take you like ten hours, and it's a yeah, dumb fun ten hours. It really is. Yeah. Um, trying to think of some other great. You know what? I'm gonna pull up my. My account, oh, real boy. quick. Oh, you know what? Yeah. Hold on, hold on. All right. Hey, TV, what's up? Oh, Hi, my Kyle. PlayStation's in rest mode. Let's see if it turns on. <laughs> Let's see. Oh yeah, yeah. First off, I don't have that problem with rest mode. Everybody else has problems with rest mode. I don't. See, here it is. Oh, okay, I was about to say. Usually, yeah. it doesn't come on. Really? Uh, I, am I the only person on planet Earth that doesn't have this rest mode problem with their PS5? You might be. <laughs> I got the best you PS5. You heard it here for, first, be. folks. Uh, Immortals Phoenix Rising is fantastic. Fan freaking tastic. Yep, yep, yep. Um, if you want yep. another easy one, look up Radalika Games. Just any of their games is <laughs> are, are great. Minus um, Freddy Spaghetti. Oh, fuck Freddy Spaghetti. <laughs> I put myself through that game. That game is frustratingly awful. If we get a one star review <laughs> on Apple Podcasts from Freddy Spaghetti, that might be the only one star I, I won't be mad at. But please rate us five stars. Uh, last campfire. Really 
Last Campfire is great. Only five, six hours. It's a fun little puzzle game. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Spider-Man, both yeah. 2018, Miles Morales. Five Dates a is a great one. one as well if you like MMV, FMV games. And Five Dates is really so awesome. Much fun. Um, and honestly, if you want a hard one, do Neo 2. I saw yeah. it. Yeah. If if you really want another really hard one that I, I finally crossed off last year was um, Uncharted 4. It, it has it has that speedrun trophy where you have to beat it in under six hours. Um, so if you like the challenge, there's exactly. plenty there for you. Yeah. Now, Todd Oxer writes in, would a PS uh, Classic Vita edition, which had access to PSP, PS Vita, and PS Classics catalog, and could stream PS Now games be a way to make a niche in the mobile gaming market? Make SD cards and R2 and LT triggers, dot, dot, dot. Todd. It's dead. That's a dream, oh, man. That's a dream right I there. Know. I know. <sighs> Sometimes we got to let dreams go. Hey, I'm gonna Shoe, be dad again. Yeah. you follow us now. Shoe. Shoe. We want this. I want this. <laughs> Maybe week, not we, <laughs> but I want this. Yep. Please. Yep. I know there there is that adapter uh, that you can get like the R two LT triggers on the Vita. Yeah. Um, and I think at this point, again, I, I've I've said it. I beat the shrum on it. I think the Razer Kraken is like a mobile like um, controller where you put your phone in between it. That's the future. That's a future man. Yeah. It's, it's things like yeah, that yeah. for sure. Do we get another PlayStation Classic? No, no, that's dead. You don't think yeah, we yeah. get a PS2 one or anything? No, that thing was so hated. It's mm-hmm. begrudgingly in my set. Um, yeah. No, it's done. Z Child writes in, with the pony being a technological wonder <laughs> of the world. That's right. That's right. It's a series of tube. I wanted <laughs> to ask a question like this. Since the PS3 days, Sony has been great about consoles being region-free. Have you guys ever imported any games? If you have, what's your favorite game that you've imported? Never in my life. Never. But I got... I remember a time at GameStop, this uh, this guy's disk drive broke in his PS3. It had an imported JRPG. He threatened to beat me up because I said I couldn't take the game out of the console. He's like, I paid like 80 bucks for this, bro. And I'm like, can't help you, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I I personally have never imported anything. Um just recently uh our mutual friend Mike, my 61 indie pal, uh gifted me the um Japanese version of Gnosia, which is the Switch game coming up very soon, which I'm very okay. excited about. But uh, a friend of mine in college, I think I've said this story before. He I forgot the name of the anime, but there was a a, a a japan only version of this game it was a ps2 game and he put it in my ps3 in college (laughs) and he there was something about that game that basically bricked my system and i lost all my saves i'm talking 40 hours into final fantasy 12 and ever since that point never going back to even attempt that again so that that's that's been my only experience with imports, <laughs> and I'm one. like I'm good. I don't need it. I'm fine. Never in my life. Okay. Yeah. All right. Kyle, could you read this next question while I text my Absolutely. brother and say stop calling me? Absolutely. Lethal writes. So now that Bloodborne Two is confirmed in a perfect world, what additions to the sequel would you like to see that would topple what Bloodborne One brought to the table? Guess what? You can't. It's done. 
Bloodborne, Bloodborne one is perfect. Why did That's I have to read this? Exactly. Uh, for me, I like for them to make the Chalice dungeons almost like a Forge world, where you can make any kind of level you want with different objects and structures and natural environments, and maybe even a large selection of beasts and enemies to mix and match their attack patterns and make your own level and boss to share with the community. I think it's a way to keep the game very much alive, excluding any DLC from software might bring. Also, plenty of multiplayer modes and variety. Dark Souls 3 had the most mode options, but even then it was very limited limited on what it offered. The key to keep games like this alive is the multiplayer community, and that's why Dark Souls 3 is still kicking edited. There you go. So, alright. I'm all on board, Lethal. What you literally just said is what I want. That's what I, I just realized. Want. The what? editing is from me copying and pasting from Discord. How dare you, sir? <laughs> I thought he self-edited his, his cursing. <laughs> he got to our show notes. Um, th- what you said is what I want. I want to make my own challenge dungeons and send my th- friends straight to hell and have them resent me. Um, that's what I really want. Like, having having just a, a chalice just set up where it's like a... a for anywhere from, like... Ultimate Ninja Warrior to, like, this is the worst thing ever. Kind of like having a Mario Maker-style Bloodborne-like experience on multiplayer. Awesome. The other thing that I would say is make it so that in in From Games has, has this problem where not so much griefing. Because, like, if you're in a world and you're set to PvP, you know what's about to go down. But a lot of people, like, do this weird way of quitting out that allows them to... Even if they lose the fight, I think it's like they turn off their PS4 or whatever. Like, even if they lose the fight, they still have all their souls. That shouldn't be the case. You shouldn't get to quit out. Once you're engaged with someone, once you're in their world, if you, you should not be able to, to just take the, take the, you know, unplug your console and, and you're, and you're fine. No, you, it should be always a constant state of alarm. You know? Mm-hmm. That's all I got. That's all I got in this. Kyle, I know you have no input. It's fine. It's fair. It's okay. Bloodborne 2 is happening. Again, end of this year, we're going to get an announcement. you got to believe. Marcus O'Neill writes in, the trophy room question here. Hi. Are there any genre of games you wish you could enjoy more? For me, I wish I enjoyed multiplayer shooters or really anything multiplayer. I feel like those that do are having so much fun, but I have never been able to get into them. Hell yes, Marcus. <laughs> I'm I'm with you. I yeah. I enjoy playing multiplayer multiplayer from time to time, but like I would love to have a group of friends with a dedicated time of like, hey, we're hopping on, we're gonna go play some Apex or Fortnite, yeah. whatever. With the boys. With the boys, the squad. Yeah. Um that is that is definitely something that I feel like I'm missing out on, but mm-hmm. it's okay. I, I'm not gonna like not gonna i don't think i'm missing too much um that sounds like a, a real fucking downer sorry the other thought. one for me would be yeah, like real-time strategy games <gasps> really like like uh like a like civilization like yeah i can't I'm i would love to but yeah. i can't um for me so, uh, Ray Martinez, uh, he's gonna really like this. I played a little Apex. I like it a lot. Man, my skill went out the window <laughs> with that game. Oh my goodness. Speaking of multiplayer games that I've played, um, games that I wish I could get into, but I just can't. Here's the biggest blind spot for me. Are you ready? I'm ready. I know what it is. 
JRPGs. Yeah. I saw, what is it, 13, 13 Tentinels on sale. I want to get that one, yeah. For twenty nine ninety nine. I was like, you know what? Maybe I'll buy this instead of Neo. And then I saw it's like these like weird drawings of like these school children. And I'm like, what is it? And it's the thing of like, I know if someone walks into my house, someone walks into my room, and they see me playing this, I am automatically judged. <laughs> you shouldn't be, though. And questioned about everything. That I've ever thought of. They shouldn't. And their, their judgment shouldn't weigh on me. Yeah. But it will. <laughs> I got you. And, and even when I'm looking at this, I'm like, this is very strange. But I hear yeah. very good things. But I'm just very, it's very strange. I don't know. Um, I get it. But like with, with, with JRPGs as a whole, it's it's maybe, they're always a series I want to get in into and I don't think it's like the culture that that is different for me like a culture shock I just think it's because the games are too long and oftentimes this is a, like a Japanese thing in terms of like um you know Japanese culture they really like tutorials me I don't like take like if I'm 9 hours in I shouldn't be having to learn a new thing you know what I mean for sure and like the game shouldn't be lasting just 100 hours or over 100 <laughs> hours so like I always want to get into Persona and again world looks cool I love the art style but I can't just get into it because when I hear oh I'm at the first dungeon and I'm 30 hours in I'm like Joseph ain't got time for that even though I'm in a global I gotcha. pandemic got all the time yeah. in the world this is like that's a lot of commitment I don't feel like I commit to those games but, I gotcha and also like yeah. gameplay side of things for more of like the traditional JRPGs, it mm-hmm. is kind of like a passive kind of gameplay thing where you input a command and then it happens. Yeah. So it's very like management. It's not super engaging. Mm-hmm. Um, so I get that side of things, but like, Ooh. you, you want to know another one? I like yeah. racing games. I've always talked shit about, but fighting games is one I've always wanted oh. to get into, but I constantly eat shit every yeah. time I try it. I buy fighting games to play it single player and never against anybody because I'm so bad. <laughs> I couldn't get past the Injustice 2 tutorial. That's how I bad that. I am at fighting. Like, I get like, that. Yeah, it's bad. With that, gang, that's been the Trophy Room, a PlayStation podcast made by the players, made for the players. Hope you enjoyed this episode. I enjoyed making it. I, I, I like, you know, this show so far this year. been on fire. It's been on point. But before we go, Kyle... Tell everybody where they can find you, sir. You can find me on Twitter at Mr. K7 on PlayStation. Same name. Friend, send me friend requests. Compare my trophies with yours. And let's get those. Let's get up to what? 999 is the max. Mm-hmm. That'll never yep. happen. One day. Yep. One day. Um, you can find everything I do covering indie games over at 61indie.com and at 61indie on Twitter. Um, have a very exciting video series that i'm planning out with my niece where we play games together and that's going to go up on six one indie on youtube so check that out at some point in the next coming coming weeks kyle we got some breaking news not playstation related but for the patrons uh Uh, no you'll like this news uh you can find me over at ps trophy room over on twitter you can find or sorry you can find the show over at ps trophy room on twitter you can find me over at mr Badbit on twitter as well you can find the video version of this show and some more very special things that we'll be doing starting next week over at youtube.com slash the trophy room a playstation channel i believe it's called over on youtube and you can find the playstation podcast or the trophy room a playstation podcast over on apple podcasts 
Google Play, Spotify, wherever you get your RSS feeds, wherever you find your podcasts, you can find the show there. Please rate us five stars. Really does help us out. And with all that said, with all that out of the way, everybody, keep your wits about you. Keep hunting and keep playing PlayStation. Let's dance in that post show, Joe. I just saw the news. Let's dance into that post show. (laughs)